Welcome, everybody. Welcome to JavaScript Jam Live. What's up, Anthony, Philip? Lots of great people in here. Jen, Tech. Hey, what's up? What's up? Okay, Anthony is requesting to come up. I guess I'll add you as a speaker, dude. There you go. All righty. Hectoberfest. All right, Ishan, invite to co-host. There you go. Invite sent. Can you guys hear me okay? Everything good? I can hear you, yes. Can you hear my woos? I can hear your woos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whoop, whoop. Cool. Guess what? I'm just pumped because I've got my Rodecaster Pro set up and my mic and everything. Finally, after a week of not doing that, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us today. Today is JavaScript Jam live. We do this every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And today, we're going to be talking about Hacktoberfest and some other things, open source all that. Uh, we got some fun people coming and joining us today uh, to be chatting about all this wonderfulness as well. So stick around. Maybe some people you know, including Anthony. Um, hey, that's me. Yeah, that guy. So JavaScript Jam, you know, this is where we talk about everything and anything JavaScript as well as, you know, web development related um, we we like to call this like kind of like an open mic kind of thing, um, you know, a little more casual. Uh, in fact, we love it when the audience gets involved. So if you have any questions or you have any statements or opinions or whatever it might be, please feel free to request to come up. I'm more than happy to have you. And, uh, you know, it just really helps the conversation keep flowing. Not just that, honestly, that's like where we get some of the best conversations. It's when people in the audience are contributing and uh, participating. So feel free to request and we will bring you up. Oh, look at that. Lots of requests coming in here. Um, so with that being said, I'd like to turn it over to our co-host here, Ishan, uh, to kick us off with uh, the awesome conversation about Hacktoberfest and open source. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, you know, as Scott said, we're an open mic um, <clears throat> on anything JavaScript and web development related. Um, and Scott, if you get a chance, if you can put the link to the newsletter we send out um, that usually has, you know, a couple links for suggested topics, um, you know, and, and this week, I think we had three topics uh, suggested. One is obviously Hacktoberfest, which we'll talk about in a second, right around the corner. And uh, hopefully we're getting, uh, I think we're getting uh, Brian Douglas and maybe Rizal from GitHub are, are going to join us as well to talk through uh, Hacktoberfest. Um, and then second, we, we can talk about this really popular article about React that made the rounds on, it seemed like every place in every developer forum, it was React, I love you, but you're bringing me down. And then uh, the third thing was uh, Quick, this new next generation framework, uh, actually from the creator of the original Angular, AngularJS, uh, hit beta. Um, and uh, we'll we can talk about, you know, what makes Quick so cool and interesting. Um, but those are some of the suggested topics. But again, 
we like to be audience driven as much as possible. Um, and I see a bunch of requests uh, already. Uh, you know, Jen, good to see you. Anthony as well, another regular. Um, I don't know if you guys had anything you want to add to the agenda that you wanted to talk about or comment on. And I see uh, we got Trash and uh, yeah, have uh, you met Michael Trash? Well. Trash before Ishan. He's a, a streamer buddy. Oh, okay, very cool. Well, welcome to the club. Um, was there something you wanted to to raise as a, an additional topic? We can jump into. I'm happy to to this throw is, away the agenda. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a topic that we should get into. This is more of a teaser for a topic we should talk about next week. I oh. know someone who happens to be a CEO at a database company who happens to have gotten Postgres working in the browser through Wasm. You can run a Linux VM inside of a Wasm thing, and you can run an entire Postgres database in a browser tab. I think I saw this on Hacker News. All right, we'll no, it hasn't even been shared yet. Like it's yeah. on. Like there's a GitHub for it, and so if you go to snap github.com forward slash snaplet forward slash Postgres dash Wasm, just Postgres, not Postgres SQL then you will find that they're going to put out a blog post about it on Monday, which is why I say this is like not really news yet. This is like alpha, <laughs> but it's super, super interesting. And I find this it'd be an absolute mad scientist experiment. So let's see if we can get them for, yeah, let's, I'm going to cheer for that. Where's my, the equivalent of the emoticon there. Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll put you in touch with Peter. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be great. I mean, here's what's, I'll I'll take a quick tangent on that. Like, I feel like it's a matter of time because till everything gets emulated in in a Wasm. Like, it's the new container. It's the new just like everything ended up in a VM and then ended up in a container. This is the new container. Um, and WebAssembly as a technology is just really amazing and fascinating. The example that that really blew me away was um, when they ran VS Code. And Linux, I think StackBlitz did this, and Node entirely in the browser. So you get your entire app, and it's not just you're running VS Code in the browser. You're actually, when you type commands into, you know, and you have Node execute, it's executing in your browser, which is crazy because you got V8 emulating Node, which includes V8. It's a little bit of like madness inception. Uh, nesting dolls of. Yeah, exactly. And I think I saw as well, somebody ran um, WordPress in the browser using uh, Wasm. Um, I, I'll, I'll Google for that in a second uh, if I get a chance. Yeah, this is what kind of blew me away when Peter told me that they were doing it with like a Linux VM. Because that made me realize it's like the fact that it's Postgres is kind of irrelevant at that point because you're running an entire operating system. So there's really no limit to what you could do once you've done that. Wait, he's they put Postgres in a VM and then put that in a in Wasm? Maybe we're it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's this thing called um V eighty six dot JS um or X eighty six. Yeah, so yeah. V, yeah, so um if you go to github.com forward slash copy forward slash V eight six, it's um X eighty six virtualization in your browser recompile x86 to wasm on the fly so yeah it just like emulates like machine code so it's like that's kind of the whole that was the whole point like of wasm like it's web assembly so 
once you have an assembly language, you could just run anything. So you could run like an entire operating system. Yeah, that's, I mean, you could, I mean, uh, well, they should or not is, is a completely separate question. <laughs> yeah. I, well, uh, I, this is all fascinating material, I think for, for, uh, next week, but I, I, I think WASM is such an interesting and fascinating technology. So I pulled it up, github.com slash coffee slash V86. I found it, and it makes a lot of sense because what WASM is is a a better defined, I guess, virtual machine and instruction set. And this basically just takes anything that was compiled for your Intel uh, CPU and just makes it work in in WASM. Um, and I, I feel like this is just the beginning of you know everything in the browser. I guess the let's put it this way. The first generation was you had a browser. And then the second generation of everything in the browser was you had maybe part of the interface uh, for an application, but the back end ran on some server, whether it's Google Search or whether it's like Salesforce. Um, and you had, let's call it a primitive UI. The, the third generation was, you know, Ajax, where now you could have really application class UIs, but still there was a backend that needed to run way off in, in some server. And here we are, maybe the the fourth or fifth generation, depending on how you count, where essentially the backend itself now can potentially run in the browser. Um, although more realistically, I think the best model for this might be what we've seen with native uh, applications on mobile where it's, it's basically a thick client. So it, it's got a lot more code than you traditionally send to the browser. Um, but I think it, it's now potentially everything. Um, so th that's really exciting because, you know, it means you could have your entire dev environment as a developer, your application server, your database, uh, and your code, you know, running in the browser. You, you, you don't have to bother like installing or spin up, spinning up an environment. You could just be like, click on something and, you know, go to GitHub and boom, you've got your whole environment. Um, you know, the, the code editor all the way down to the database. Um, I, I'm really excited for that WASM future. I mean, that's one of other things that WASM, I think, will allow us to do. That's really exciting. So, um, well, thank you for bringing that up. That's that's usually interesting. Yeah, I thought you'd nerd out on that. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm more, trying to like hold myself more next back. Time. Yeah. <laughs> hold him back. Hold him back. By yeah, the way, uh, Rizelle joined us. What's up? She's on stage. Hey, hey. Hey, hey Rizelle. What's up? Hey. Yeah, thanks for being here. Let's let's get to the, the topic of the hour, so to speak, which is uh, the highlight is, um, you know, Hacktoberfest. And we have Rizelle, uh, who's a developer advocate at GitHub, uh, to walk us through, you know, kind of the ins and outs and get people oriented to Hacktoberfest. So before we jump into that, Rizelle, why don't you just... Uh, you know, tell people a little bit about yourself. I've kind of introduced you as, you know, the GitHub developer advocate. The second thing I'll say is you were a speaker at uh, the Composability Summit back in, at the end of July. You gave what I thought was one of the best styled slides. They had so much personality. I thought they were fantastic. For sure. Yeah. Um, but let me give you just a few minutes to tell people about yourself and then let's jump into Hacktoberfest. And thank you for being here. Of course. Thanks. Can I cut in really, really quick just yeah. to say, y'all, Rizelle's just fucking phenomenal and everybody should be really, really, really excited that she's here. 
because we always have really cool stuff during uh, JavaScript jam and having Roselle here is like double good. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Now I'm super gassed up, but I also have to like live up to it. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. I, I really enjoyed speaking at Composability Summit and I always try to make my slides nice because I'm like, if the talk is bad, at least people will get like distracted by the slides and be like, I really like those. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my name is Roselle, y'all, and I'm a developer advocate. I'm a junior developer advocate at GitHub. I've um, been here for a year. Before that, I was a software engineer and um, for about like three years. And I like doing like nonprofit things on the side too, of like introducing like women of color, non-binary people of color to code. Um, and I'm I'm pumped about Hacktoberfest. I participated it and participated in it last year, but that's kind of when I just joined GitHub. So I'm really excited that I'm getting to be at like the beginning parts of it, what people call like September. Um, and I'm excited to tell y'all a little bit more. Great. So let's let's start with, you know, for people who have no context whatsoever, just tell them what Hacktoberfest is been going on i think for eight or nine years just tell them just the brief history and what it is uh and then we can keep going yeah hacktoberfest is a month-long event in october um that digital ocean and part well github and digital ocean are like in partnership and they kind of use this time to encourage people to contribute to open source more um so it's a i think a, a lot of the focus has always been on like first-time contributors but that doesn't mean we're only limiting it to that we want to encourage veteran contributors and first-time contributors to get involved in hacktoberfest um and the way that it works is um open source maintainers will find a bunch of like good first issues or um if people don't know what good first issues are that's essentially issues that you can be able to contribute to even if you've had not a lot of context about the project and they'll label it hacktoberfest um in the issue and that allows you to enter the competition so you do have to register on the hacktoberfest.com website but it allows you to enter the competition and win a couple of things i don't remember what the awards are this year um but last year they like gave like free swag and if you got four or more hacktoberfest accepted pull requests um or you had the option to plant a tree in your name if you were like, I have enough swag. I don't need all that. Like, let me give back in a different way. Um, but it's essentially just a way for folks to help out maintainers to get their project to the end. And then also for folks to get a chance to, to participate in and discover more open source communities. And this year, um, which is going to be my last point, this year, the push is going to be more on um, non-code contribution. So I know when people think open source, they're always thinking of like, this has to be a coding contribution. But if you're good at like project management or design or documentation, or you want to gain those skills, this is also um, a, a spot for you to practice. That's all. Yeah, that, that's a real, that last part I saw, and that's a really good point. I think too often, whether it's building websites or in an open source project, everyone thinks it's all about the code. And it's actually as much about, you know, when you're building a site, it's as much about the content. Or when you're building 
uh, an open source project, it's about the community or it's about, you know, making sure it's easy for people to join that community. Um, those non-code contributions, I think, tend to be uh, unfortunately undervalued and they're actually extremely leveraged in the success of a project. It's almost less sometimes about the code than making sure people are aware of it. Just like the best product in the market doesn't always win. It's actually the one that most people know about. So it's really a, a great change to, to see that added. Um, regarding the, the, the prizes, this year, I, I looked it up. It's 40,000 participants. So 40,000 people will get uh, one of two prizes, a tree plant in their name, as you mentioned, or a Hacktoberfest 2022 shirt. Um, do you know in past years, like, did they get enough participation that they actually ran out of shirts or did they have any left over or, or maybe you're not aware? That's a good question. I don't, I don't, I haven't heard of them saying we ran out. Like, okay. I'm not sure if, they, if they're, if they're at a point where they need more, I feel like they just order more. <laughs> yeah, so, we live in an age of abundance or more shirts can always be made yeah <laughs> at least for t-shirts yeah uh uh well t-shirts and currencies evidently uh but uh it's it's the quantitative easing for of t-shirts um so so yeah I, and then the other thing that people should know is you know for pull and merge requests is is another thing you mentioned and it has to be a GitHub um, repository that has the Hacktoberfest label on it. Um, yes. And I believe GitLab is also qualified. Yes, they are participating too. Yeah, Git, GitLab yeah. or GitHub. Yeah. Okay. Um, so um, I guess if you're somebody who has never participated in Hacktoberfest before, what is like the best way to find a repo and get started or find an issue, maybe walk people through like, you know, on GitHub, I'm less familiar with, with GitLab, but at least on GitHub, you can search for that label. You can search for first issue. Do you want to just uh, walk people through like how they would get started on that? And then they also need to first register on the Hacktoberfest site as well. So maybe you can talk just briefly through that and what people need to do. Yeah. So definitely I would start with signing, registering, on the Hacktoberfest website, it's super easy. I signed up last night. It took me like five minutes, like, or probably even less. Basically, you just press register, and it's going to ask you if you want to authorize it with GitHub or GitLab, whichever platform you're used to, go ahead and do that. And then it just asks for, like, your name and your, like, email address or something. Was, oh, actually, it asks, like, how do you want to participate? Like, do you want to participate as a... Um, contributor, maintainer, event organizer, are you new to, to Hacktoberfest or have you done this before and are you more interested in code or non-code contributions? It's super, super quick to sign up. But I would do that just to make sure that you get your Hacktoberfest pull request. Now, if you were trying to find a project, there's a couple of ways to do that. But if you go to github.com slash topics slash Hacktoberfest, you will be able to see all the open source projects that um, have the label Hacktoberfest. And this indicates that like they're participating in Hacktoberfest for, for this year. And like if I were y'all, I would start looking now um, in September. Like, sep like October is coming pretty quickly to an end. I mean, 
is starting pretty quickly and September is coming to an end pretty quickly because I, I know that it's pretty um Hacktoberfest is popular like you said there's like 40,000 people participating and like I want people to be able to get a chance to to grab a ticket so yeah go to or an issue go to github.com slash topic slash Hacktoberfest and you'll be able to scroll through different projects that you're interested in um another option is like there's a couple options there another one is like if you use a project a lot and you you're aware that it's open source or you can check and see if it's open source and has a repository on github or gitlab that's a good opportunity for you to check in and see if you can contribute to that project because if you've been using it why not give back um but definitely make sure it has the hacktoberfest label um and another option if you want to contribute to open source is there's a couple of like um good first issue aggregators so a couple of websites that that finds all the the good first issues out there that are good for people to get started so you can go to i think it's like firsttimersonly.com that's like a really really good one um you could also go to um there's a twitter account actually called good first issues and what it does is anytime someone labels an issue a good first issue, it'll get tweeted out. But if you want to, again, if you want to make sure that you get um, accepted to open source, then, I mean, Hacktoberfest, then go ahead and make sure that it has that, like, Hacktoberfest label. Um, trying to think of other options, but I will say those are the three things. Like, go through github.com slash topics slash Hacktoberfest or look on firsttimersonly.com, or check out that Twitter account that's um, called Good First Issues, and you'll be able to find like a, a bunch of Good First Issues and just make sure you can find that Hacktoberfest label. Um, yeah, <laughs> but stop me so I stop rambling. <laughs> no, no, so, and I just want to underscore, like a yeah. Good First Issue is one that the maintainer has said, it's the welcome mat laid out for you as a beginner to say, here's the best way to start getting, you know, the best thing we need solved that, isn't going to be super hard for you to get started and would be a great contribution. Um, that's a great, you know, call out for, for how people should get started looking for repositories with Hacktoberfest and good first issues. Yeah. Um, I know there's a discord you can join for Hacktoberfest. Um, there is. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Do you talk a little bit about that and anything else, you know, uh, people should be doing in prep timber besides looking for issues and joining the discord. Yeah. Okay. So definitely, I should grab the link for y'all so you can pin it to the Twitter space. But definitely join the Hacktoberfest Discord because in there, they have people sharing their projects. They're, they have announcements and news that pop up because right now, they're doing a couple of events. Like different organizations are doing events in preparation for or in celebration of Hacktoberfest. And those are really good um, events for you to be able to gain more context about open source um, in addition to that when, when you brought up discords I think another great call out is like if you join a project or you see an open source community on github or GitLab that you're interested in contributing to but you're not really sure how one thing that really lowered the barrier for me is just joining their community discord or slack or whatever they use to chat because that helps me to, I think, get familiar with the people in the community and feel like I belong. 
and then feel um, okay with asking questions. Because I think something that people get stuck on sometimes is they pick up an issue and then they don't know how to do it, but they're too afraid to ask for help and ask questions. Like I was definitely that way. So I'm like, definitely start now in September to get familiar with the people in the community um even maybe clone the clone the project and get familiar with the project too because for you to be able to contribute you kind of have to understand how some parts of it work um like click around in the buttons and stuff like that and be like okay this is how this function is firing um this is what's happening within there so you can gain some context and then attend those events so the three things i would say is um attend the events that they have sign up for the discords and go ahead and try to gain context about certain projects. Great. That's actually a, a good seg for a question that I was going to ask later, which was just tell us, you know, what your first experience was. I think you said last year was the first time you participated in Hacktoberfest. What were what was the experience like for you from, you know, maybe any any concerns you had at the beginning as well as issues ran into that were unexpected obstacles and then how it felt at the end to actually, you know, having done Hacktoberfest and, and maybe a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm happy to talk about that. I literally have a talk about this, but basically um, I, I, the first time I contributed was in August, 2021. And before that, everyone always told me like, you should contribute. And I was like, I don't know, like it's mad stressful. Like I would legit sit down at my computer and try to contribute and then I'll get stressed out because I'm like there's so many options and the code bases look really really big and I also was really afraid of people like laughing at my my pull request I don't know why like I just thought like I would open a pull request and then people would be like what is that and so I was like yeah I'm just gonna skip it that I already- super <laughs> relatable like I definitely had that yeah. same feeling <laughs> yeah it feels like oh my gosh this is gonna be written in cuneiform and you know it's gonna be on a billboard and you yeah totally i i can i can empathize sorry keep going yeah no no i'm glad that y'all also felt that way because i'm like i'm probably writing code with experts and they're gonna be like girl that is not how you do it so i i was i just like ignored it because i'm like yo i already get paid to code i'm not gonna sit here and do this for free but the reason why i decided to was when i got my job when i got my offer at github um, B. Dougie messaged me and he was like, you should probably try contributing to open source if you're going to work here. And I was like, All right. he has a good point. Um, but what I what I decided to change is some of those things that I mentioned earlier is like introducing myself in the discord that helped me get um, like a human sense or feel for the people. I was like, OK, these are not like gods or anything they're normal they're nice they're happy to have me within their community and they all were like well we'll help you if you need it um and also i took some more time to like go through the code base and figure out what the project was doing because before i would just pick up any issue that i saw and i would be like oh maybe this and then i would be like oh my god i don't understand what's saying or i don't understand what the project even does so just taking that step back and moving slower and introducing myself to people changed everything. And now it's so good. Like I just, I contribute to projects a lot now. Yeah. It was just getting over the, maybe the, the, the fear factor you mentioned at the beginning. I like to think of that label of Hacktoberfest on, on a repo or an issue as like the welcome mat. 
like, don't worry, you know, we know you're, I don't know, riding a bike and you're going to fall off a few times. Like, that's expected. Feel free. Like, it's trying to create that that safe space. Do you remember uh, which repositories and issues you picked for, for Hacktoberfest? For Hacktoberfest? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I don't know if I remember. I know, okay. I remember the first project I did and that was open source. I know okay. that, but I don't. Remember oh, that's that's B Dougie's project. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. That was one of the first I ever. I didn't necessarily contribute to, but that was the first Discord server I ever joined. It was one of the first like Twitch channels that I started watching. So like, <laughs> there's a, a long lineage of people B Dougie has gotten into this world. Yeah, it really. was my first PR. Oh my god, you too. That's yeah. Yeah, on open sauce. I told her to He's... join open sauce. <laughs> B Dougie's gonna be on the show tomorrow. I'm so excited to like uh, keep sharing Hacktoberfest tomorrow too. Yay! Yes. Oh my oh, god. That's awesome. Good job. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, he's he's fantastic. Uh, and you know, I noticed we've got Philip on the stage now. Um, I want to get to Philip. We're at the halfway point, so um. Let let me pause. Let Scott do a station break, and then uh, I'll have maybe a question or two for Philip, and we'll turn it to more of the audience format. Again, feel free to raise your hands in the second half of the hour and ask our our panelists questions. We love it when the audience gets interactive. So Scott, I'll take it to you, and then then we can go to the second half. Absolutely, and I don't want to exclude anybody, you know. So yeah. let's say, hey, you know what? Um, if you want to be a panelist too, then just raise your hand, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Everybody's a panelist. Come on now. Yeah, we've All got right. the Hacktoberfest label on the entire <laughs> right. the JavaScript Jam Live is, is exactly that. Anyone can come up. Sorry, go ahead. Absolutely. All right. So, hey, uh, it is halfway through. Thank you all so much for joining us so far. This has been so much fun. Rizal, thank you for uh, telling us your story about Hacktoberfest and how that came about and now where you're at today. Really awesome to see um, where you where you've come from with all that uh, it's just incredible and what you're doing in the community we all love it um, thank you for sharing um, and please continue to share throughout the rest of this as well um, so JavaScript Jam is basically like an open mic type thing right everybody can come up that's what we keep saying we really mean it please request it makes it more fun uh, adds a lot more value. Um, in fact, some of our uh, most fun and uh, engaging uh, conversations have come from people coming up from the audience and contributing, uh, whether that's sharing your opinion or asking a question. We'd love to hear from you. And it doesn't matter whether you're a beginner at this or, or you've been doing this for forever. Um, we'd love to hear from everybody. Um, it really does make for some great um, listening. Um, yeah, don't forget to join us next week as well. We're here Wednesdays, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Good time. Thank you all so much. And, uh, oh, by the way, you know what? We also have this awesome thing called a newsletter. I don't know if you ever heard of such things. Kind of weird. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, we have one of those. So if you actually click on JavaScript Jam, go to our profile. We now make it super easy. And you can click on it and subscribe. How cool is that? So easy. You don't have to leave the platform. It's amazing. So click on that subscribe today so you don't miss out on all the amazing 
upcoming things that we put out there for y'all to know about and participate in and be a part of, including JavaScript Jam Live. All right. Back to you, Ishan. Thanks. Okay. So thank you, Scott. So, Philip, uh, I'm really glad you're here because Philip, for those who don't know, is the co-founder of one of the, you know, most popular open source frameworks, Vue Storefront. Um, and I'm really curious to get your perspective as a maintainer on Hacktoberfest. What are you doing from the maintainer side and what should other maintainers would you recommend they do to prepare for a Hacktoberfest? And, and what is it like from the maintainer perspective? Hey, Ishan, thanks so much for inviting me. It's, it's always great to talk with you. You said the expectations rather high, but I, I will try to live, live up to them. And actually, I never, and don't kick, kick me off right after I say it, I never participated in Hacktoberfest, but from the perspective of someone contributing, I was always yeah. participating as someone uh, maintaining the project for five years already. And maybe, maybe what I can say is I could tell a little bit from the perspective of maintainer, what are the most common issues? Because the reality is that when the Hacktoberfest is starting, you're getting a lot, a lot of contributions. Yeah. Everyone wants t-shirts. And I'm glad that this year they actually, they're actually not allowing to do spam pull requests, which was super common. So basically all the popular repositories, they were always getting a lot of pull requests where they were, people were correcting a typo or doing some really weird stuff that provides zero value. And it's definitely not in pair with the strategy and vision of the maintainers of the project. So the first thing I would, I would advise to do before contributing to any project is basically not trying to figure out on your own what you want to do. Just pick the issue, pick an issue that is well described, that is marked as good first issue and do exactly as they said. Because a lot of contributors to open source projects uh, try to do things on their own on, or come up with the inventions on their own without really consulting it with the maintainers, without understanding like, like what are actually the reasons behind some certain decisions. And then those people, they are putting a lot of work into this and in the end you can't manage it. And it's a fail on both sides. Like the contributors, they are let down, they're probably not gonna contribute. The maintainers are also not so happy because quality contributions are not such a popular thing. They are rare. And when you have a quality contribution, someone who actually put an effort to do this contribution, to write this code, and to describe everything properly, if this is not in pair with what you want, it's, it's, it's just discouraging both sides. The second thing is read the contribution guide. On every GitHub repository, you usually have this contributing.md file. And in this file, you have all the rules described, like what is the, how you should propose the pull request, what is the branching convention, uh, what are the coding conventions. Also, please read that before because you will spare a lot of time on yourself, but also the people maintaining those projects. Because again, during Hacktoberfest, a lot of job of the maintainers basically responding to those issues and linking contribution guides and saying, hey, can you please correct the name of the pull request or the name of the branch or this or that. 
basically everything is written down. So please, please, please also do that. And the third thing is don't be scared to ask. Uh, this is maybe not completely related to Hacktoberfest, but in general contributions. So when we had a contributions days to the storefront, which is kind of like a Hacktoberfest, but one day and scope only to one repository, a lot of people speaking up on issues. A lot of people start to work on them, but then they're encountering some blockers, something that is not allowing them to actually proceed. And really not many of them is asking questions, you know, going to the maintainers, asking questions on discourses or someone else, somewhere else. I don't know why, probably, you know, they just feel a little bit anxious and insecure about this. But the truth is, this is exactly what maintainers are used to. This is exactly what they're waiting for. You really want the contributions because for every open source project is a huge help. But it's a bad contribution is a waste of time of the maintainer because they are spending a lot of time on correcting this, going around and another round and another round. And in the end, it's you know you're, you are spending ten times more uh, time on it, and the maintainer is also spending a lot of their time. So quality of contribution, being well prepared. In case you're blocked, don't hesitate to ask questions. This is what I would really advise. And of course, no garbage uh, pull requests that are not what the contributors are asking for, or what the maintainers are asking for. So that would be my advice. And this is something you know I was uh, dealing with throughout the years. Of course, it really sounds like I am complaining, etc. But the truth is, we got a lot of great contributions. Really, and Hacktoberfest is a really nice initiative and a lot of people that actually contributed for the first time to this storefront kept doing this. So I really appreciate, you know, this value of Hacktoberfest that it's also a nice icebreaker, a way for people to enter the open source space. But always try to think from the bigger perspective, not only from the perspective of you contributing to the project and, you know, what you will get out of this, but also thinking how this fit into the bigger picture? Does it make sense? What is important? Uh, I think this is the best way to, to make a contribution to any project. And this here, it, it doesn't even have to be a code contribution. It could be some sort of advocacy, a talk, whatever. So it all depends what you want to achieve. But if your goal is to find a nice project that you want to support and provide value, probably the best way to do this is just by asking the maintainer of this particular project was this most needed that's that's really really helpful perspective um i mean it one thing i think we maybe glossed over is when you submit your pr for it to qualify as one of the the four for hacktoberfest it has to be marked by the maintainer as hacktoberfest dash accepted for exactly that reason that it's not not a spam and you know folks should remember being a maintainer can be a thankless job. Like you may or may not be getting paid to do it in your full time. Um, and so you don't want to overload our poor maintainers with, you know, spam PRs. And I, I actually had this experience a few years ago. I was making a contribution to a PR into a repository, but they, I knew somebody in the, in the team on the core team, but one of the people assisting them, saw it and was like, oh, we're not accepting Hacktoberfest contributions. And I had to say, no, no, wait, this is this is not part of Hacktoberfest. But they're so inundated, they see all these new contributions from out of nowhere and they 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 sometimes get overwhelmed. Um, 
have you faced that issue of being too overwhelmed during Oktoberfest? Have you had issues where you've got more than one person, you know, duplicating effort on the same issue? Or, you know, what are, have you had either of those issues come up for, for you guys? Well, I, I will speak f from myself, like personally, yeah. not very often. Of course, there were some situations, but I think this is mostly happening in bigger repositories. Yeah. So I have some friends, for example, in VJS core team, and for them, it is a plug. This is why I'm saying so much about, you know, thinking about what you're going to do, double checking everything, reading the code of conduct, reading the contribution guide, because in the end, you know, there, of course, there is some sort of uh, selfish motivation for that, but I also believe that most of the people uh, contribute to open source for altruistic reasons. And if you're yeah. already spending time on this, uh, well, let's prepare for that to make this time most valuable. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so again, we are in the audience phase of this, so feel free to you know, raise your hand in the bottom of your Twitter Spaces interface and ask our panelists any questions you might want to ask. Um, you know, a question for back to you, Rizal. For your first Hacktoberfest, you know, experience, give folks a sense of how much time it took you, um, if you remember. Do you have a ballpark memory of how long it took uh, to, to for your first, maybe even for the first contribution, I guess the second, third, and fourth were faster, but how much time do you feel like it, it took to give people a sense? Um... Maybe it's I, I picked up a really easy good first issue. Yeah. So maybe it took me two or three days. Like um and then probably could have taken me one day, but I wanted to take some time to like um I know Philip mentioned reading the contributing guidelines and stuff like yeah. that. I wanted to take time to actually read all the documentation that was there. Um and I, I was still doing my full time job. So I think it took me like two to three days and then the other ones took me like just that that one day. Got it. And uh, and I don't know if you when you've talked to other people, is that about par for the course for a first time Hacktoberfest, you know, participant? Um, you know, I'm not sure because I haven't talked okay. to other people, but I okay. have like paired with people to help them make their first contribution. And I will say, like, when I sat down with them, it maybe took us like two hours for them to be able to make a first contribution because they had to like set up their environment and everything. Got it. I really like that suggestion on pairing. Like, I think that's a great way. Maybe if folks are scared uh, or intimidated uh, or, or just for, you know, accountability, just like, you know, you say you're going to have a New Year's resolution and you say it publicly, like, or you do it with, or with your exercising, right? They say do it with a friend. Uh, I really like that as a suggestion. Or create a stream and then bring on guests for your stream to make them. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I really like that suggestion of, of pairing as a way to help make that that activation energy lower to participate. Um, and it brings it down, brings down the time. I mean, two hours to make your first Hacktoberfest, you know, PR is is a reasonable amount of time. Um, maybe just for anybody on the panel here. Uh, you know, what are maybe the downsides of Hacktoberfest? We've, we've spent a lot of this time telling people to get do it to get started. What might be the unanticipated downsides? Like, are there, you know, reasons not to participate or unanticipated or unintended or surprising things about Hacktoberfest? 
I could start. I, okay, I wouldn't say like these are reasons to not participate. You should sure. participate, but there are things like to watch out for. Scott, you muted everyone. No, that was that was me. Somebody ah. uh, put a request in and then retracted it, and by the time I hit the button, it changed. That same space is reused for me, everyone, yeah. and so so I apologize, Giselle. Keep keep going. Oh, I didn't realize I was muted. I don't know what I. Yeah. Um, I can start over. But basically, it's, these are not really, like, you shouldn't participate, but just be aware of, like, it's Hectoberfest is super spammy. People just want to get their green squares a lot of times. Like, that's just a goal for people. So they will just hop in and make a uh, unnecessary contribution, like uh, Philip was mentioning. Yeah. So watch out for those as a maintainer and a contributor. Don't be that person either. And... Um, watch out for, I, I think it's a good thing to look out for if a project has good documentation, like contributing guidelines and all that. Cause if not, that's a good indicator that the project's not well organized, that it's not inclusive cause they're not thinking about their community. Those are good call outs. Anybody else in the panel? Watch out for PRs trying to inject crypto mining software into your open source projects. Uh, is that a, a real thing or, or a joke? Or I mean, it's, it's usually pretty obvious because, like, you'll look at your PR, you'll be like, "What's this entirely new binary package that you're inserting for no reason whatsoever?" But <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it can happen. Didn't that happen to Tesla with like when they named their car, somebody injected stuff? Uh, lots of people were trying to hack Tesla cars. Yes, that's one of the primo. Oh primo things to to hack but uh yeah it's a that's not really a hacktoberfest worry it's more it's like a general no, open no, source supply not. chain thing wait so somebody hacked it so the car was busy crypto mining when you drove i don't know all the details but they went through and did it through uh the area that you can name your car yeah. and because it wasn't set up to not allow code it didn't scan it for code or anything it just allowed you to put oh, in whatever Siraj, Siraj Raval mined Bitcoin Ethereum and his Tesla this is a publicity stunt oh wow so validate those inputs kids Bobby drop tables hey uh, Brian made it. Um, but I do have like something yeah I invited him up something that is a question but also a like think it could be a bad thing that may happen of um yeah okay if i'm brand new and have never talked to anybody and just barely starting to code and i mean two parts where would i start i get like uh you want to find things that say hacktoberfest and do things there but then second like the terrifying one of like who do you choose? Are they actually going to help? Will the community reply? And I know that uh, OpenSoft and yes, be Dougie, I'm talking about you, but you were, I was talking about you before you were here. Everybody was um, <laughs> like that discord is really active, but like how to ensure that you're getting the support you need instead of like shying away. I don't know, yeah, Brian, if you have, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, maybe Brian would want to say something about that. Yeah, sorry. I'm just like uh, trying to catch up. What, what was the, the actual question? <laughs> Instead of seven questions at once, I'm totally going to be asking you these tomorrow, <laughs> by the way. 
Um, Perfect. The first one is how do we choose like which open source to contribute to? Like, how do people find who to contribute to? And then the second question. Boy, there was a startup around finding your next open source contribution. <laughs> okay, not everybody yeah, is going mean... to know that. So, like, if you did, if that didn't exist, like, how would you go search for it to know? Yeah, I, I would. So, there's like this, um, and I guess the topic around here is Hacktoberfest. I literally just jumped in. I was like in calls all morning. Um, Hacktoberfest is a great opportunity to get introduced to a lot of projects or a lot of open source contributing. Uh, and the thing that I was trying to solve like the past year with open source is like, how do you discover projects? So we have hotopensauce.pizza, which is like the explore page for finding projects. Um, still needs a lot of work. It, it's literally, you can contribute to it. Like I would love people to contribute to it. Uh, I've got issues open. Um, but I, I also like, there's a whole, it's also harder like when the bigger projects don't actually want contributions. So like, Angular is a good example. Like they have mostly Google engineers that are contributing to it. There are other people who contribute mm. there, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend Angular as a, a good first repo. Um, but if you had like a random like, um, so Brandon Roberts actually has this project called Analog, which takes Angular and connects it to Vite. Uh, so it's like a modern way to look at Ang. Well, Angular is modern, but it's a different way to look at Lens to look at Angular. Like that could use way more contribution and insight and issues and documentation than the actual angular repo so i would start with what you're using and what you could potentially open an issue on because like the best thing you could do is open an issue on things that are legitimately broken uh and the only way you can do that is by using stuff uh so that's like my first recommendation uh i've got other answers but i'll wait for other questions i think that the problem with that one for like really really beginners is they're like well, I'm using React. Like they, they don't even like know kind of a more fine grained thing that they could be using that they can contribute to. Yeah, well, it's it's that's a that's a good pushback too as well because the my my recommendation is to go build something in React or build something hard in React because you're going to find some issues pretty quickly by just using React ecosystem tooling. But also, it's it's the um, like I want a six pack. Like I. I Back years ago, I wanted I had a six pack. Uh, I do not have one now, um, but like I know what the steps are to get a six pack. Like I got to eat vegetables and I like I got to stand up and go walk or go work out. And I think it's the same thing. Like people want to contribute to open source and look like like have their rock hard abs, like their contributor graph. If we can make those green squares in the a six pack, like people want that, but they don't know what the steps are to even get there. And that comes from I think what Jen you were kind of alluding to is like sitting in a discord and looking at conversation and joining in the conversation is going to provide way more value and get you more insight to know, okay, this person built these three features in this, the, the last week that I've been sitting here in this discord, maybe I can ask them about, Hey, I have a question. Like, how did you even approach caching or how'd you approach this? Or can I, next time, can I review one of your PRs before you, you merge them type of deal? Like you, yeah, I think the suggestion of like analog, like what Brandon's doing is like, that's what I would tell people is like, look for projects that are newer. Cause like the problem with Angular is that there's already like a whole thing around it. So there's like processes and there's a team and there's like, you know, release cadences. Whereas if you find people who are just like building stuff, who are just like individuals, like they're going to need help and they like 
are going to be actively like looking for people to help them. So I think finding projects in the right part of their life cycle is really important. And I like the the suggestion to be part of the conversation. Like whether that means being a user of it first to see where the pain points are or something you naturally have encountered, but to view that as, you know, the start of your journey and, and look at it as a journey of which the pull request is one towards the end of that journey rather than the, the sole goal and the beginning of it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, sharing that, Brian. <laughs> you know, honestly, uh, I think most importantly is uh, please tell me how I can get six pack abs by just standing up and vegetables. That would be <laughs> <laughs> it, all, it all takes eight minutes. Eight minutes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Rizal, you have your hand up. What, what's up? Wait, when Jen asked that question, I just remembered that, like, another way is um, both me and Brian have been hosts of Open Source Friday, which is the thing that GitHub, a stream that GitHub does where they talk to different open source projects. That's another way that people can explore or discover small open source projects because I t- I, we, we both tend to, like, interview people that don't have like the largest projects ever and that are easier for you to get your foot started or whatever I'm trying to say but get started I pinned it to the I pinned the playlist to the um to this Twitter space yes so, it's yeah. FS Jam like having Ooh, friends yeah. who are like deeply into this stuff and like talk to a million people it's like that's actually the real hack then we could just be like here's 10 <laughs> go forth <laughs> Yeah, be sure to uh, check out that link. To, it's at the top here, um, which uh, results that you know shared has the uh, the Discord in there and everything. So I'm sure there's lots of good information that you can <clears throat> jump on there as well. So yes, awesome. Thank y'all so much for sharing all this wonderfulness. I mean, it's been so cool so far. Um, we've only got a few minutes left here, but I did want to just go ahead and mention. If you guys are out there listening to this right now uh, in the audience now or even um, from replay, from the replay, uh, be sure to click on the, the face of the person you're getting value from here um, and, and uh, follow them if you're not already. Uh, because I'm, I guarantee you you're going to get value from them in other places as well, uh, not just here. So uh, not to mention JavaScript Jam wouldn't mind the follow too. So, But uh, thank you all so, so much for joining us. Um, thank you for everybody who came here to uh, speak and answer questions. Um, but yeah, Ishan, I don't know if you want to spend the next few minutes kind of closing things up and yeah, anything else. Well, I'll, I'll just say again, thank you for everyone who, who joined us both in the audience and on the panel. Um, maybe we close it out with a lightning round on just, we haven't really talked directly on this, but why you should participate in Hacktoberfest. Uh, maybe if we go around in a you know one or two sentence uh, to the panel, um, you know, uh, if people want to give their opinion, feel free to just come off mute and jump in. Internet points, get those sweet sweet internet points. You know you want them. Because <laughs> I want to be cool like all of you and understand what I'm doing, and this is going to be great practice. And also because everybody talks about like open sauce and. Uh, B. Dougie was the first person that ever helped me with my PR um, and it gives me like a goal 
to do it instead of just like, I don't know what I'm working on. I'm just going to do it. it. Like it's a reason to work on it. I, I do it for the t-shirt. If they're doing that this year. <laughs> they are. But, but, but the actual, but the real more educational answer is probably open source can open up doors that you normally wouldn't have open. Like you could potentially contribute to the right project where you meet these people that could be your future coworkers if they like the work you do. Um, for those reasons alone, I think like that's just a good reason outside of just leaving your comfort zone being being able to feel humility if someone bashes your code. Hopefully they don't bash it, but you know, give you like, you know, good feedback and stuff like that. And if you're not someone that actually works on the team, you just stay at home and you're currently learning, it gives you like that team feel of getting the code reviews you normally wouldn't get when you're working on projects yourself too. Um, those are just some quick pointers. Dang, the trash. Oh, wait, BW is about to talk. Go ahead. Oh, no, you please go. I was just going to say, that, I don't know your name, but it says trash. You basically said everything I was going to say. The only thing I would add is you'll get experience on working on tech with technologies and different projects that you might not be getting a chance to work on at work. So you'll like expand your horizon. Nice. I, I was just going to jump in real quick to just like share a quick story. Um, so I have a friend who worked on the Periscope team, which is the the current app that we're using Twitter and the spaces is Periscope technology. Um, he ended up selling the, the product to the Twitter and they built out Twitter spaces and then he left uh, and he had some time off and wanted to contribute to open source. So he built the virtual cam for OBS uh, on Mac. Um, it was like a bugged version and he ended up fixing it. And he became the sole maintainer and then got super burnt out and found a 16-year-old, like found the project, opened issues, and he mentored that 16-year-old two years ago to uh, to eventually become the maintainer of that thing before it got merged in open, uh, upstream to OBS. Uh, what I'm getting at is like, why do this? Is because that, that person who worked on the Periscope team is now the mentor of that now 18-year-old who's now getting jobs in tech. And like, you don't know what you're going to like, if you want to contribute to React, like start contributing or start using React in 2014. Obviously, you can't go back in time. So what Anthony said earlier is like find projects that need help today and that are smaller and that can take you and mentor you into like your next thing two years later. Because uh, you don't know where you, who you're working with and what you can collaborate on. Wow, that's a great way to end, end today's session. Uh, thank you. Thank you so, so much. Y'all have been wonderful. Seriously. <laughs> Give a high five, clap, hearts, all that good stuff for everybody up here that was contributing. Give it to yourself. Give it to your buddy. Pat you on the back. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. All right. Don't forget, we do this every week on Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Join us here on JavaScript Jam Live, where we talk about everything JavaScript and web development related. I think we've already got a little bit of a topic from Anthony earlier that we're going to be talking about next week. Wasm, all that good stuff in the browser. Hey, hey. All right. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, don't party too hard, okay? But have fun. I'll party as hard as I want, Scott. How dare you? <laughs> Contribute <laughs> to that open source, folks. And, you know, if you need or have any questions, you can come to anybody here. Rizelle, B. Dougie, I'm sure Anthony, they'd all be willing to answer questions you have or point you in the right direction when it comes to Oktoberfest and open source. So hit them up. Don't overload them. 
All right, y'all. Love you guys so much. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. We'll see you. All right, love y'all. Until next time. See you later. Peace.